From the legendary Sweetwater Music Hall in Mill Valley, California, welcome to Cocktails with Bright Antenna Records. This week's guest, Kyle Nicolaitis. Hi, people. Welcome to Cocktails with Bright Antenna, video and audio podcast. Today, we have with us Braden Merrick, president and head of A&R at Bright Antenna Records, and Bright Antenna recording artist, Kyle... Nicolaitis. Nicolaitis. Yeah. Okay. How long have I known you, Kyle? A, l- a long time. How many years? Eight. Eight years. And until right this moment, I thought your last name was Nicolaitis. Nicolaitis? Nicolaitis. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny story, too, because I asked my dad one day, like, like a couple of years ago, I was like, I need to know the correct way to pronounce this. And he gave me pause and like didn't really know either. Okay, then I don't feel so bad. Yeah. He was like, the Greek pronunciation is Nicol- Nicolaitis. Oh. And then it looks like Nicolaitis, mm-hmm. but it's Nicolaitis, so it's um, did When you were growing up, did kids make fun of you and turn that into something crazy? Because well, yeah, let me just tell like you, when I was a kid, my um, classmates thought it was really funny to call me Tiffany DeFartolo. <laughs> That's Whoa. great. Whoa. <laughs> um, I don't think I got made fun of that much for the last name. I just never. What did you get? To made, be honest make, with you, I didn't know how to for. spell it until like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> what did I get made fun of for? Yeah. In high school. High school, actually, grade school, childhood. I got I got made fun of a lot for being feminine. Oh. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I it, and it was because you know, I grew up in Santa Barbara, which is mostly white and mostly like rich. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I was thinking of. Yes, queen. Yeah, well, that's the joke. Ju- yeah, I know. So I got made fun of, like, I remember, and what I'm about to say sounds so absurd because now, like, people wouldn't care. And it just goes to show, like, how Mickey Mouse growing up in Santa Barbara was. Like, I got, I got mercilessly teased for wearing tight jeans. Wow. And I remember in, like, third or fourth grade, I wore a pair of white Adidas that are now classic and like everybody wears and got so, like I wore Jack Purcell's, like white Jack Purcell's, those classic ones. And I got so much shit for it to the point where like I didn't wear them anymore. Wow. Because like kids would call me gay, they'd call me That is slurs. Yeah, it's wild, right? So. You would think California would be better than that. Right, yeah. But I mean, Santa Barbara is like, yeah. Nobody did that in Ohio. Yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. I don't, I, I didn't have that experience growing up where people were bullies and um, mean to each other. Yeah. Everyone in my high school were friends, but it, I also ha- graduated in a class of 30 students. I had 64. Wow. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So let's talk about this tour that you've recently been on, um, with Alec Benjamin. Yeah. It's been going well, right? It's been the most fun I've had on the road That's and, the, and the most fun I've had playing shows. Very cool. Why do you think that is? I think I finally hit a point where I'm comfortable being myself. Mm. And that is probably good for you in life and is. in music. Yeah. And showcasing that. And there's such a simplicity to just playing acoustic mm-hmm. where it's vocals and guitar. And there's it's really intimate too, the shows. So I mean everything's sold out, but people are right in front of you and it's almost like a conversation that I'm having with them. Like they'll shout stuff up and then I'll respond to it. So and it is that really wasn't very eloquent. What no, I just said, it, but, but it's cool, and it, it's, it's for been, us. I think because we've basically seen you grow up. You, you were have, nineteen when we met you. And now Do you I'm thirty-eight. Remember? 
He's not 38. How old are you? 26? 28. I just turned 28. No, you did Yeah, didn't. I know. Isn't that wild? Okay, that's so, amazing. It's wow, crazy. so nine years. I'm alive still. That's, that is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty astounding. So yeah. you were 19 when we met you. Do you remember your first impression of Kyle? I, I mean, when I first got the demo sent to us. Um, Which was what, Howl? It was, I think it was Hummingbird, and mm. it was a video of wow. you around. In the like graveyard? A, Catholic Sa monastery. Santa Barbara Mission, yeah. Yeah, Santa Barbara Mission. Yeah. And I was Shop like, this kid is cool. And the video must have been making the rounds because I had some friends in the A&R community hit me up and say, oh, this kid, check him out. He's really cool. He's the next Jack White was kind of what people were saying. That's cool. So. <laughs> yeah. And then what we met him, here, do you remember when we met here you? Here I am, the next Mr. Rogers. Where what was happened? it? Do you remember we, we went to dinner yeah, we were in, we can't. Oh, we went to the studio or that. that it, was, yeah, it, was swing house. it was Swing, it was swing house. house. Yeah. And uh, you were showcasing for us. And I think you were working with a guy. Was it Tony? Tony? It, it was either it was yeah. either Brandon Brown and Stanley Rudolph. Tony was definitely there. Was Tony there? I think it was a guy Tony with a Pittsburgh Brandon. Pirates hat. And I he played no bass. I remember. Yes. Um, I can't remember his name. But we saw the show. You rocked out. And. Tiffany and I were just kind of staring at each other and just yeah, I remember that clear into it I remember that because it, it like that blew our fun. hair back. Yeah. I mean, you were a rock star that day. Yeah. And you we, played shooting star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Howl. Probably all those songs. Um, I'm trying to think what else might have been in the set then, but those were the songs that were just like, holy crap, is yeah. this Led Zeppelin 2.0? Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember we went to dinner and had like hummus or something and you couldn't drink. <laughs> oh, because I was young, yeah. Yeah, you were too Where young. Where did we go? It was like on Melrose somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was fun. It was cool. And then Good here times. we are. Fun. So <laughs> speaking of drinking, and here we are. this is Cocktails with Bright Antenna, and I hear a rumor that you're going to make us a cocktail today. Yeah. Full disclosure, when Scott was texting me about it, Scott, you can't see Scott, but he's in front of us. He's producing this show he today. Said, he said, make... He's like, do you have any preferences for cocktails to make? Or like, what's your favorite cocktail to make? I, I could barely open a bottle of wine. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I, did t I texted my friend Anna and I said, what's your favorite cocktail? Because I trust her. Thank you, Anna. Yeah, Anna. And uh, she said mezcal with bitters. So let's, let's give it a shot. Full disclosure, I don't like mezcal, but because I love Kyle, I'm going to drink this. I think that's great. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to make three of them then. Okay. Make two and I'll two? sip yours. <laughs> wow. Are you going to, you'll have one, right? I would do four, four to two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I meant like drink wise. Okay. I'll have one. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. But in the meantime, this, we'll keep talking. To be completely we, we, we transparent and uncool, the, a guy who works at the venue told me how to make this like five minutes before we started shooting. So if it. And I forgot everything he said. Oh, okay. Good. Because <laughs> so, I was going to say, if you, if we don't like it, then you're just going to say okay. it was his fault. But nope, it's your fault. All right. We're going to take the class. The glass, not the class. This is a class. <laughs> the class is gone he said for already. It, right. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm, I'm making sure he gets like a good shot of me wiggling. I have a thought. Tell me what yes. you thought. I would use that oh, cocktail you, oh, you're shaker. Right, you're right. Thank you. And <laughs> I already I'd, fucked I'd it up. I put some ice in there. You're right. <laughs> and then give the mezcal a four count. Someone's gonna watch this and be like, "Man, I thought Kyle was really cool and sexy until he tried to make a drink." No. You okay. play guitar. I know, He's right? got it. So give them a scale right, of so four. four. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Three. You're done. Four. 
four. Was that a long? Was that too much? <laughs> that was like six. <laughs> How are we counting? Well, uh, right. For people who can't see, because some people will be listening <laughs> to this. people can't see, I just poured the entire bottle of mezcal in the cup. Some people will not see this. Some people will be listening to this and not One, watching the video. And two, Kyle poured okay. quite a bit of I don't think mezcal so. into All right, we're gonna shake the it. Uh, shaker. You don't wanna, shake it you near me. Stir it first. I don't trust you. Should I move while you shake? No, you're fine. Okay, shake in that direction, just wow, in case. Okay, you, right. you actually won't have to shake it when you use that. You just strain, but put a big oh. cube in the uh, glass. In these glasses, yeah. This is not going to be good. We should have done like how how to um how to beat Mario Kart on the highest difficulty because I could have slayed that. That would have been cool. <laughs> I just read something about how or, um, playing how video games makes you more creative. No, that's great. That. Oh, so you're set. We um. You're set in the creativity. I don't know if this is department. a very good story, but. I'm gonna make three. So that's Are you on Twitch? No, I should be. What's Twitch? It's like one of the biggest video gamer it's like platforms. You stream it. Yeah, you stream uh, while you're playing. Do you play Fortnite? Nope. Have you I'm ever not played a Fortnite? Year old. No. Do you know how to do any of the Fortnite dances? No. Oh, I'm a Nintendo. Oh, that looks sexy. Can we get a zoom in on this? No. Come on. Oh, we can. Where are you? All right. Just yeah, slow. the lighting's really good Ooh. for oh, that God. drink. It's like Martha Stewart. <laughs> it's amber like your guitar. And mm. yeah. Amber wood. Amber wood. Oh, perfect. That's perfect for you too. because that's all I'm going to do. Amber wood like yeah, W O so U L D. I don't I don't <laughs> tell people I play a lot of video games. Well, too late um, for that. I know, right? But Dude, it's an amber alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Cheers to your most recent release, which is an amazing EP. Thank you. Cheers. Now Appreciate or you. nowhere, volume 1. Cheers. Now or nowhere, volume 1. Cheers. I'm going to drink this one sip because I am one sip Sally. I'll have all the sips for you. One sip Sally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. That's great. What are you talking you about? You did a good job. I right? hate That's great. mezcal. I hate mezcal. I hate mezcal. You can't even taste the mezcal. I can taste it. It uh -huh. tastes like are we you talk this over a campfire. Are we calling this drink what? the vulnerable? <laughs> yeah. The vulnerable. Yeah. This is called The Vulnerable after one of Kyle's it songs. It tastes great. And let me I'm tell sorry. you, the song is way better than the drink. And now, while you drink your drinks, let's talk I'm about some other things. <laughs> let's talk about, let's get back to this tour. Yeah. Um, the audience, it seemed to me from following your Instagram stories oh, that- Oh, fuck, I forgot the orange, I'm sorry. Don't bother with mine. <laughs> I'll take you a can't make it better. I'll take a piece of peel. <laughs> okay. Um, so it seemed to me from following your Instagram stories that a, a majority of the crowd were teenage girls. Yeah. And it also seemed to me that they had, um, I'm really nervous about what you're about to say. They, they dubbed you the queen. Oh yeah. Yep. Queen. Um, and do you remember what I texted you after I kept seeing this? Kyle, did you come out of the closet yep. on this tour? Yep. Yeah. Um, do you want to address those rumors? Yeah. Oh, that, that, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. First of all, with the band, I was used to the crowds I was in front of. I was used to having like the opposite 55 year old Dude. to 60, 60 year old men coming up to me after the set and being like, bro, can I touch your guitar? What kind of pickups are in your guitar? And it's like, I'll see like the cute people, boys or girls at the other end of the bar. And then I have this like, nothing against like old men who like guitars, but I just, 
I love playing guitar. I don't want to talk about it with pe people. Okay. <laughs> but I'd have Duly them coming noted. up and they're just like, oh, like, let me guitar. And then tell me about like the first time they saw Motorhead. And I'm just like, I can't fuck with that. So it's been nice having a younger audience. So I think the there's two reasons for the Queen references. And the first is obvious, where I have remnants of nail polish on. Well, that seems stereotypical. <laughs> I have remnants of nail polish on because I was a drag queen for Halloween. So at some of the shows, a girl would shout, why do you have nail polish on? And I'll tell them, because I was Deborah on Halloween. <laughs> and then they go on my Instagram Pardon and they see Deborah. So then, <laughs> can we get my a close-up on running. that? <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, so. I think obviously because I was a drag queen, then they say, "Oh, queen," you know. And then the second reason, it's like my my aunt, said, my aunt had the same thought because she's like, "Why the fuck are all these preteens calling me queen?" And she looked up the slang dictionary term. I sound like a fucking old man right now. No, like, you don't. She went on slang dictionary <laughs> and looked up what queen means, and it's like a term of endearment for like I don't know, like like a leader or like somebody in charge or something. Oh. And the third reason is probably because I'm. You know, I, I was, I think I was texting you or Brayden, and I was like, maybe they know something I don't. Yep, that yeah. was me. You said maybe that they too. know. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you come full circle. Like, what grade were you in where you were being made fun of? Well, that's a, that's were they a, 12, 13? Well, no, they were a little bit younger. And like, that's the thing too, where it's just like, I remember growing up and not like realizing I had feminine energy. I, it's important I did for men because to embrace their feminine en energy. I, well, here's the thing. I, was eight, and I asked for Polly Pockets when I was eight. I don't know like, what that is. A, it's, a, it's a Barbie, basically. Like, <laughs> I asked for, like, a Polly Pocket Playhouse. So I wasn't wearing dresses as a kid, but I was, like, I didn't really care if something was for boys or for girls, you know? And then, like, I think in high school, I, like, kept that, but didn't... I, I didn't realize it was something to be proud of, I think, you know? Because, right. like, I have a close friend, Vitana, and, like, she notices it a lot because she's really intuitive and she's like, you have feminine energy and that's why I love you. And I was like, oh, well, that's great. I appreciate that. I, like, I can't, I I can't relate to the macho guy. So they probably pick that up or pick up on that. And to be honest with you, like for a bunch of teenage girls to call me queen is like the highest compliment I've ever got. Good. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know? Have you asked them what they meant? <laughs> no. I just kind of took it. Okay. And ran with it. Well, so. if anyone calls you that tomorrow night at the show, I'm definitely going to ask them why. You I'm going to delve I'm a sure, little bit yeah. deeper into that. Okay. We're going to solve this mystery. Um, Kyle, how about you play a song for us? Sounds great, Tiffany. <laughs> what are you going to play for us? Well, <laughs> got some original songs lined up. The first one's called All is Right in the World Tonight. Okay, let's get to it. It's a song about being human, which I've heard is great. Comfort of knowing that we might not survive Who needs tomorrow when we've got war today Then you have life on earth, humans don't change All is right in the world tonight And I've got nothing on my mind I feel the hands of God beginning to slip Is a fall 
time changes nothing, just faces and names. Cycles repeat and nature's the same. It's a tale of knowing there might be nothing to fix. The short time we're given, the game has been rigged. All is right in the world tonight, and I've got nothing on my mind. I feel the eyes of God beginning to close. He sees where we've become. If we could, we'd privatize the sun. Expecting that others will see like you do Just believing the sunset was made just for you We live in a world where everyone is their own god Alone in their kingdoms, our victims of fraud All is right in the world tonight And I've got nothing on my mind I feel the heart of God beginning to I look away, yet I put up the food. Who do you think you are? It's my first time through life. I don't like the view at all. What's your favorite song um, on the new EP? What do you think? Eat oh, that's tater so tater gross. Too. Just me eating a tater tot mm -mm. on audio. I ate one. Um, <laughs> what's my favorite song to play? Um, which one means the most oh. to you? Those are good. I know. Which one means the most? I think I like them all for different reasons. Um, I'm trying to think what's on it. I like them all for different reasons. Like, if we can just go through it, like, I like One Breath at a Time for the piano sounds. Mm -hmm. And just, like, to me, that feels like 2000, like, if the Beatles had hip-hop production, like, autotune, like, that's what it feels like to me. So I like that one. I like Slide because it's weird, and there's some guitar playing in it that I think is unique. And inspiring, like unique to me. Mm -hmm. Like if I say like, what do I have to offer as a guitar player? Like it would be that, like there's a break in it that's pretty cool. Um, same with everything she does is like, I don't know, I, I like all of them. 
Um, if someone were to ask I, you, I know you don't like to talk about guitar playing. No, it's but fine. I, I'll talk about it all day long because like there's a, the ego part of me wants to be known as a guitar player. But the thing is, and you are a guitar player. I mean, I was a guitar player first before anything. And and you know, I've been at shows with other musicians watching you who have you know their jaw drops when you play and they say that's the best guitar player I've ever oh, seen. Oh really? That's neat. So um, you know, talk about talk about what guitar playing means to you. How long have you been playing? When did you pick it up? Why do you like to express yourself with that instrument? You know what's weird? Is that I relate to, okay, so I, I started playing piano first and that instrument I feel like I can get lost in. Mm. And I don't feel like I can get lost in guitar. And mm. people, like, people think I'm a better guitar player than a piano player, obviously. But I started playing piano first and then I thought piano was lame as fuck. So, of course, I switched to the clarinet. Because <laughs> <I laughs> that seemed if, like if a good idea. If you were going like, to talk about his strengths, you're a better judge of musicianship than I am. What would you say his, his gifts as a guitar player are? I think Kyle's uh, guitar playing, it's very classic sounding, you know. Uh, he reminds me of, you know, Prince, Jimmy Page, but he can get heavy too, like... Uh, Kim Thayall from Soundgarden, or That's cool. you know That's cool. uh, Robert DeLeo from STP, um, and that's what I wanted to know was, you know, what made you pick up the guitar? Was there a certain influence? Because you sound very classic, but yeah. then on this EP, you got really experimental with yeah. tones and yeah. know, took it to a whole different level than you did with BOD. I I f yeah, I feel like BOD was more like riff writing and me being like, I want to be in a rock band. And let me interrupt you really quick. For people who don't know that um, your, your first two albums that you put out were with a, a band, band called yeah. Beware of Darkness. Yeah. Um, and then this is your sort first of first foray, foray into, into solo music. music. Yeah. You know, it's, it's con to be honest with you, because I've been lying to you guys the whole time. <laughs> you know when someone says that, like, I'm going to be honest with you, like, that doesn't mean anything right now, because I hope you're honest with me all the time, but I wanted to play bass, because I idolized Paul McCartney. Wow. So I grew up listening to only the Beatles, and then got some Aaron Carter snuck in there, <laughs> which was me being like, I'm going to rebel against my parents. Did you say Aaron Carter? I did say Aaron Carter. Aaron's Party. That was the first record I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud to say, but... I'm going to listen to that one. I know. So, so I walked into Jensen Guitar, which is the local guitar shop in Santa Barbara, and I told him, hey, I'm a left-handed bass player. Hmm. That's what I want to be. Like, I write left-handed, I'm going to do that. And the guy, Dave Heckhouse, looked at me and he's like, nope, you're going to play guitar because it's easier to switch from guitar to bass than it is to go from bass to guitar. And um, thank God for Dave. And you're going to play right-handed because no one can find left-handed guitars. Hmm. So that's, so that that's, that's why I felt No, he, he did me the biggest favor. So he gave me the tools to go back to bass because I love bass so much. Like, that's, again, like, I go home to that. Um, and honestly, it's, like, the same thing with being a singer. Like, I didn't want to sing. Like, I'm j I joke to this on the road to people, and they, like, think it's sad, but, like, there wasn't one person who was like, hey, you have a great voice. You should sing. <laughs> like, no one said that to me. It was more just, like, I was in Santa Barbara, and we go back to, like, it being, like, the cultural equivalent of, like, a Gap ad. <laughs> and... I, I just said, okay, I have to do it because I can't find anybody. And um, what's weird about guitar playing, too, is that Joanna Newsom, do you know who that is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Her first record. Andy Sandberg's wife? Yeah. Her <laughs> first record, 
I think had the biggest impact on me as a guitar player. Her first record is it's beautiful. It's mind-blowing. And it's not on Spotify, it's not anywhere, but like, I was thinking about that, because I think that had the biggest impact. I mean, Jimmy Page did obviously too, you know? Mm -hmm. But it was, I think my biggest thing as a guitar player, and like, yeah, like the EP is really experimental, like I'm jumping up like octaves on full songs, and I think it's me trying to find my voices that, because with the band stuff, the biggest thing I got annoyed at was people being like, oh, you sound like Led Zeppelin, or like mm -hmm. you, which is great. I mean, it's better than like you sound like Flock of Seagulls, you know? Um, not funny? No, it's funny. Okay. It's very funny. What's your favorite lyric? <laughs> Although I Ran is a great song. I, mean, I, I like Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. What, um, what's your favorite Led Zeppelin song? Uh, Ten Years Gone. Oh. Mine's Full in the Rain. Is it? Mm-hmm. Mm. What about you? If you had to pick one. Did, also, did Tangerine. It's a, it's a tie. Jeff Buckley's cover of Night Flight. I've never oh. heard that. Unreal. It is unreal. Whoa. I would say Cashmere. Mm. I just love That's the classic. groove. Mm -hmm. It's classic, right? Um, so, speaking of old bands and, and greats, who are your biggest influences? Is in terms of what, like? I mean, not really as guitar player, but as, you know, you, you like, listen to like them and you up? said, I want to do this. Or, or the, the songs and the bands and the albums that make all your hair stand up. I think it changes. Yeah. Would, like. What is it right now? What's moving you right now? Right now, all I've been listening to don't is, you dare say Kanye. No, You're I was gonna get to that. I was gonna, cause I was gonna go through like a, just a little like timeline. But right now, all I've been listening to is Nick Drake. Oh, that's like a like a you know Spotify has the this is Nick Drake. Like I've been listening to that. You must be in that. a really good mood. You think so? Oh, I know. And then I've been listening to video game soundtracks, mm. which I know is kind of weird. I didn't even know that existed. Well, if you want to talk about musical influences, I think too that where I learned like chord progressions and stuff was from video games. Wow. Like the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 soundtrack, Sonic Hedgehog 3, Michael Jackson did that. What? I don't know if you knew that. I had no idea. He wrote no idea. all the music and what? it's a rumor, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Like I talked Is to Quincy a close friend about it. That? I, don't I don't think, think that's so. true. Because it was, it was more Anyone like, who you don't think it's true? Someone will, someone will check us on like it. Can you just like elucidate us on yeah. this? But, but I remember here, and the same with like, I went to Catholic school, it was like same going to that, where like, I, I remember there were, chord changes that hit me in the heart. And the same with the Sonic soundtrack. You mean at school, like yeah. at mass? Like, cause we'd, Do you know the we'd song, Be, be Not Afraid? Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, Be Not Afraid. Is that how it goes? Yep. <laughs> da, na, 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 na. Um, <laughs> I think those had a big, like Ocarina of Time, the music in that is really strong. And you listen to it in the video game, but I was listening to someone re-recorded them and did orchestral, orchestral arrangements of it, and it's mind blowing. So I think it was like, Actually, it's funny. It was a combination of that. Ignore him. <laughs> it was a combination of that, and um, I lost my train of thought because I just saw that sign. <laughs> so when you, um, <sighs> you know, we've obviously had a ton of discussions about the music when you're making this EP, and yeah. you always talked about Kanye West as a influence. Like, I want it to sound like yeah. this meets my Twisted Dark Fantasy, which is a Kanye West record, yeah. and then him being a known Trump supporter, how, how does and that just, make you I don't, feel? In general, I don't condone a him asshole. as a person. I don't condone yeah, him I as said a person it. at all. Yeah, it's true, but everything after my dark, twisted, beautiful fantasy or whatever, I, don't, I can't get behind. 
Or no, I'm sorry, Jesus. Here's the thing. I think can Jesus. I tell, can I make a confession before you can finish the story? I recently bought a really cute pair of shoes online. They're like these sandals that have furry, fake fur, like plush fake fur around them. And yeah. they're so cute. And I bought them online and I put them on and I was walking around my house in them. And I sent a picture of them to my sister, like, look at my cute new sandals. And she said, those are Kanye sandals. What is gotcha. it? Yeezy or something? Yeah. You bought Yeezys? I did. Joke's on you. I know. Anyway, congratulations! You so I can I can good. trash Kanye all I want, you but still like him? I I still wear his shoes. They're great. Um, I think Jesus is the best rock record of the past like twenty years or something. Is it a rock record? It's it's a hip hop rock record. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what you want me to say about him. I I love his music. I think he's one of the best artists of this century. To be fair, I've never actually listened to his music. Well, all right. I just don't like his personality. Well, yeah, you, yeah, he's a dickhead, you know? He's, he's a massive dickhead. Mm -hmm. My buddy told me a story where he was in, interning for John Bryan. And love John Bryan. I love John Bryan. And that, yo, you want to talk about what I'm listening to? Like, he's like one of my Super top dudes talented. ever. Yeah. But he said John Bryan was working on a Kanye record, and every time Kanye would come to the studio, he'd move all the chairs. <laughs> Because he didn't want Kanye to like sit down and hang out. Oh my god! <laughs> I wonder if that's true. It's probably it, it is because my buddy was there. I think like here's where I'm coming from too. Where like the, my problem with rock music right now, growing up in rock bands, I, I cut my teeth. We talked about this. I cut my teeth with the Hives, the White Stripes, Jet, Wolf Mother, the Vines. Like I grew up on that. Okay. Great bands. And they all wrote their own songs. They were pushing the genre forward and they were all original in their own right. Rock is dead now because all the bands that people are freaking out about are cover bands. Okay? And you have Kanye West, Hashtag like, I know you don't Fred like. Van Fleet. Yeah, yeah, dog shit. And I know Kanye is pushing genres forward and he's, and I love Yeezus because he took elements of rock and sampling um, with hip hop drums and, and made something really new. And I know. People don't like that record, but I love it. Like it's it's for and this is where my taste is wild because like I listened to Grace by Buckley for an entire year straight. Like I've listened to the whole thing. I every did day. the same thing in nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. And I I Yeezus is the same way. Where like and my dark, beautiful twisted fantasy is the same way. And like Mike Dean, Kanye's producer, is like my he's my idol. I did that with High Violet for two years, not one. What is that? The National. Oh, the album. National? Okay. Two you, years. It was the only thing I listened to. You had a conversation with Mike. Dean. I'm gonna drink your drink. Correct. Please. No, I didn't. I Please didn't. drink my, my drink. Claudia's friends with him. Got it. But I love him. So it's like all the gear I bought is because Mike Dean uses all that gear. So. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Well, what else? So would you and like and to I, talk I about? think like I just in, I know it gets super fucking dorky when you talk about like mixing rock and hip hop because you you get into like limp limp biscuit territory. Yeah. You know, but I think Kanye's the only guy who's like done it in a way where it's like, yo, this is dope as fuck. You know? um, I hope we can like bleep out that that phrase "limp biscuit" because man, I don't want to have that attached to my name in any sort of way. <laughs> um, but let's talk about non-music yeah. things yeah, what do you for want to a talk while. About? Um, I know we have something in common, and we're that Scorpios? is Scorpios. No, because I'm not a Scorpio. You, what? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, You're okay. a Scorpio. Um, we're both people. We both love and have a dedicated yoga practice. Yeah. What does yoga mean to you? Why do you do yoga? And you're a certified teacher, yeah, yes. Yeah. So how'd you get into that? Two years ago when we were doing the Are You Real record, 
I was such a mess emotionally because I couldn't, it, to be honest, it, I just said it again, but it, it just <laughs> felt like everything was on the verge of collapse, like hourly. And I don't know if you've had like times in your, in your life like that. I certainly have. Where you just get to a point where you're like, why am I even trying like to do this? Once a month that happens really? to me. <laughs> well, this was like every day. I was in LA, I was in Westwood and it was every day where I was like, yo, it feels like I'm trying to keep something together that, that is, is has been on the verge of falling apart. And I, in the past, like, I've had anger issues to just blistering rage. And I never took it out on other people. It was all, like, internal, you know, and, like, depression and anxiety. And two years ago, that was my daily ritual, which, like, even, like, setting up a photo shoot took three weeks. Mm. Trying to do anything was just impossible. And, like, we had a tour coming up, and I was like, yo, this is not, my quality of life is awful. And I somehow did it was like a group on for core power which is like now it's like now i do yoga and it's not fucking yoga but it's a good start but it was a good start and all i knew was i feel better like mm -hmm. this is an hour of my day and i'm not thinking about is is my life gonna fall apart this tomorrow? is what i love about yoga i go into a class and when I come out of it, I realize that I haven't thought of anything at that's all. That's the point. That's that's it. It's presence. It's, yep. it's being mindful. So I got into it for just for that, for saying like physically it feels good and emotionally I feel better. Like it's sacred time to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I it became a daily practice. And then I didn't know anything too. Like I, not that I know anything now, but it was I just fucked my way around and. Didn't you mean literally? I, I, what I'm trying no. <laughs> I fell on a lot of people. But I I didn't know what I was doing, so I just I just did it. And yeah. I was doing everything wrong, is what I'm trying to say. But I know I felt better. But I don't and then think it there's until, a doing things wrong in yoga. There's well, just I mean, there's, there's just moving and breathing. <laughs> yeah. And... I mean doing things wrong to like to get hurt or like mm -hmm. something. Yeah. But it wasn't until like six months, probably or seven months in, where I was like, yo, um, there's such a spiritual benefit yeah. to this and it's a way of life. It is. And the parallels to songwriting and recording and playing shows, I'm just going to wave this tape all around, are, are endless, well, which is what is Go ahead which and is eat it, and I'll say me. that what, what I think I hear you saying and is what is my experience with yoga is yeah. that, um, like, you know, I run to keep my body in shape. And I know people do yoga to keep their body in shape, and it does, it does shape your body. It's great for your body. But I don't do, I don't see yoga as an exercise for my body. I see it as an ex exercise for my spirit. Right. And that's the way I feel after yeah. I do it is that I've strengthened my spirit. Yep. Is that self, too woo? -woo? Self-care. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's spiritual, it's spiritual exercise. That's yeah. the way I think about it. Yeah. You know? It and, is. Um, it really is. You know, and like the whole becoming a yoga teacher thing, like that was, it was more just like, I don't know if you've read shit like this too, where it was like, when I was younger, I just wouldn't do stuff for myself. I'd be like, oh, I want to do this, but I'm like, no, I can't. Mm for like whatever reason, because I'm like, I have to do music, you know? And like, this was the first time where I was like, you know what, like, it took me like till 26 that I actually felt like a fucking person. Yeah. So like for me- Good for I, you, because it took me to 40 to I feel mean, like that. Really? I mean, for me, it was just like, I was like, I'm just gonna do this for myself, like keep it to me and then, I don't know. And it was also too, it's like, I don't know. I heard stories about like Lou Reed, like after the Velvet Underground broke up, he like went back to like typing. Hmm. at like built uh, office building or something so wow. I was like you know what like I just want to like it means a lot to me and it's helped me so like yeah. I'm gonna like keep digging for it and it's just another way for you to share your gifts with the world well yeah and it's crazy because like I think this tour has been so much fun because of all the lessons of learning yoga and from wow. that, like training yeah can you and I mean say that. more about that 
Yeah, so the parallels between yoga and songwriting and even recording and live shows, I feel like can all fit in the same thing, the same like bracket where, you know, every day when you show up to your mat, every day when you show up to play a show, it's like you're in a different, it's like the first time you're doing it, you know? Yep. So it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened last month. Doesn't what doesn't matter what's going to happen tomorrow. If you just show up and do your best and know you do your best, like that's okay. And like some days you're going to suck. Some days you're going to feel like God. Some days you're going to like struggle through it. Like it'll be uncomfortable. But like if you just keep showing up with like the best attitude you can and saying like, I'm going to, even if I'm uncomfortable being like, I'm going to sit with this and hold space for it mm-hmm. and not beat myself up. Right. Like there were so many tools, I think, from it the teacher training. So I took teacher training to power of your life. own in Santa Barbara. Yeah, and that's the thing. Because like I was, I was somebody who, there's a quote from the Four Agreements, which I love. And he said, humans are the only, humans are the only organisms on earth that will make a mistake and pay for it 10,000 times. Mm-hmm. And I was in that category. Like, I don't know if you've seen Planet Earth. Some of it. So there's that right. famous scene of the lizards being born. And within three seconds of them coming to life, there's 10,000 snakes trying to eat them. Whoa. So yeah, so they're born and then they're outrunning all these snakes and these snakes are vicious and there's literally 10,000 trying to eat these lizards mm-hmm. and the lizards get away and they get on a rock and there's a final shot at the end of them just kind of like sticking their tongue out, looking around and then they just get on to life. And they've which literally is been mind born blowing. a minute ago. Yeah. And you think about like people, like I was the kind of guy where like, if a girl looked at me wrong in high school, even there was nothing like, she didn't even notice it. I'd be like wrecked for like four, sorry, like four months, and then I'm gross now. Car- carry it with me, you know? Yeah. So like for me, like it was shows were like that, where like if I made a mistake during a show or I fucked up a show, I'd crucify myself for weeks and just beat myself up about it. So I think yoga, just being like, yo, like not every show is gonna be God. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay if you fuck up, but like it's gonna do you no good to like beat yourself up about it. Right. Yeah, it's commitment and showing up. Yeah, that's the thing, and it's like. It's knowing what you can control. And honestly, too, like, the other thing, like, I was talking to a friend about this because they, they said something, do you get nervous or, like, do you have any expectations for the shows? And I said, no, because you never know how something's going to be until you get there. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't so, think it's easy so, to approach situations so, and experiences like that. You don't think so? Um, no, but, I want it to be, is, but it is, though, when you realize it. it. Yeah, you don't you're think right. Because so? here's the thing. It's like... There's I just think of, more people should approach I think their so, life I think that so, way. Because I think, there's, I, I think so too. It's hard. We have expectations. Well, that, but it kills. If you, it when you have no expectations of, we're getting like Tony Robbins land. I know. When you have no expectations, no, but it's important. When you have no, because someone might hear this and it might change your life, or my aunt might hear it. Um, <laughs> when you have no expectations of yourself and other people, that's when like the best things happen. And, Absolutely. and shows are like that because, you know, I, we, last week, like we went out in Denver and I got so day drunk. Like, accidentally day drunk. The day of the show? No, the day before the show. Mm-hmm. And, like, was so fucked up the next day. Well, and the altitude. And I was, yeah. I, no one Two told me that. And you're like, Dude, I know. On th- someone, like, after I was hungover as fuck, somebody was like, hey, like, you know, like, the altitude. It's like, you need to drink three times the amount of water. And I was like, I wish I would have known that before I had <laughs> and nine how many times have you played Denver? <laughs> uh, too many times to fucking know. So, or too many times to not know. So, you know... The whole day, I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to sing. Like, I don't know. But the whole idea of, like, sh- playing shows, and I don't, it can be yoga, too. It's just, like, if you go in with a mindset where you're like, I'm not at my best, like, I'm going to fuck it up, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. But I've played too many shows 
to just trust the process and be like, even if I feel like shit, even if I'm tired, I'll just show up and maybe something magical will happen. Maybe I'll see someone looking at me and they're having the best time of their life. Right. Maybe someone says something to me and it turns into an experience bigger than I ever could have imagined. And well, like David Lynch is like that. Like, well, I was going to say, I think all artists can say that that's their experience when they're creating. I mean, you as a writer, it. yeah. it's the same way. Like if sure I had... come to the, the table with too many expectations about how I want this to be right? or how good I want it to be, it's crap. Yeah. You know, the minute I can let go and and just let whatever's going to come, come, and then worry about if it's good later, well, um, that's where the magic happens. And how many times have you sat down to write and something comes up and you're like, I never could have planned for that. Well, that was I mean, my, the book that right? I'm finishing right now is a perfect example of that. The, the major plot point in the book, like... The, the moment that changes the whole story and is the crucial, the most crucial yeah. point in the story, I had no idea until I got to that scene. And, and I, I was like, wait, oh my God, this is so-and-so. And, -so. and um, it would be a completely different book. Are you going to have more of that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm listening you. there. You're going to oh. make That's one? cool. Yeah, we have some? Day drinking. I don't care. I have nowhere to be. Um, it's really late. But that's afternoon. that's the best part about it. It though, is right? the best part. I mean, that is the magic. Because David Lynch talks about that. Even going to the studios like that, where it's like, if you have seventy percent there and you give the thirty percent to the universe, like whoever. Yeah, but here's the here's the ticket for that though is that a lot of people misunderstand that magic. They think that well, you just have to sit around and wait and, for and the magic, no. and that's not what happens. What no happens work. is you've got to fucking put in the work. You have you've to. Got to Every single day, you've got to toil for it. Yep. And then eventually, that's what it turns into. Yeah. But it's really about the work. It's really right. about putting in the hours. You're right. And that's like, the, this, I think that's the key to it. And it's pretty unsexy. Is it? I don't know. I mean, anything that turns into magic is sexy to me. Yeah, you're right. I think we could talk you into one more song. Why, sure. Let me finish up my tater tot. I'll play a song. What are you going to play? It's called The Space Between Us. I like this one. That's a key. Between us, 
since the sun you just cracking my earth into pieces man who own the airplanes don't understand how much it means to me I'm too young and dumb to trust in the universe and hope that it will all work out. To space in between us, to keeping me from you. It's a time since I saw you just cracking my earth. I don't want my face to be a memory I want it to be the first thing you see When you wake up next to me smiling, smiling, smiling the world to your house I hope you're home I hope you're home Okay, well why don't we talk about the evolution the evolution of you as a person um, from when we met you at 19 till Kyle at 28 who were you then, who are you now and who do you want to be in the future? Big questions. Well, and why do you think of that? Can you tell us your first impressions of us? Yeah. Of you guys? Mm -hmm. When you met us way back. Like, why did you sign with Bright Antenna? Well, I was going to, my first thought was, Brayden has been like, what I'm about to say is like so sincere. <laughs> and it's, I hope it comes oh, off as sincere. I no, he's so like, tender. he's introduced me to like, to life. Like, I've had so many, like, experiences with him where he's either, like, gone out to dinner or, like, gone to a show or, like, gone to something. And they were just pivotal moments in my life where I was, like, I have, this is one of the best experiences I've ever had. You know? Like, and I'm going to sound, like, super bougie (laughs) and super white, but it's, like, having Mary's chicken for the first time. And, like, knowing (laughs) that, like, food's organic. And, like, just knowing that. And, like, I had no idea. Or, like, going to a Chinese restaurant in San Francisco and you said give us what the chef likes and I remember being like 19 and being like what <laughs> what a like, great idea he's just gonna bring out food he wants like so it's like super dorky stuff like that that's great you know so like I will never forget that and I appreciate that forever you're welcome yeah. I'm glad you were uh, willing participant. yeah so I think there's so many experiences like that that shows your open mindedness yeah um I'm trying to think what else I think just, like, showing me what life was was really important. And, like, you know what I'm most thankful for, too, is, like, that you guys hold space and trust me, you know? Because, like, when you talk about supporting an artist, you guys are the kings and queens of that. It's one of our goals. Yeah, and I feel that. And I think when 
we started working together, I had a goal of like, I just need to learn how to like make records and tour and get good at it and learn how to do it without having like crazy shit happening, you know, and being like, oh, you didn't have like a top 10 like pop hit, like we're gonna drop you, you know, and just like holding space for that. Right. So like for me, that's like the most sacred thing in the world because no one does that anymore. Right. You know? For better or for worse, like, that's who we are. Yeah. So the fact that like y'all allowed me to like make records and tour and then people like those records and people like the show, like that's a miracle to me. Yeah, it's so, it's a slow build, you know. Yeah. It's been yeah. a long road, but yeah. We make we take steps forward every yeah. every time. Yeah. So like that means the world. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. Does it? Mm-hmm. All right, what's the question? Who were you at 19? How have you evolved? How do you see yourself evolving from here on? So here's the thing. What, what I'm about to tell you, I'm not going to give myself any credit for anything, okay? Because I'm only going to focus on, like, who I wasn't and who I d- what I didn't like about myself. Mm-hmm. But when I was, like, 19 or 20, I was going through, like, a, it was a pretty long patch of depression from, wow. like, 18 to maybe 20, 21. And then you add anger into that. So we'd be touring and stuff, and I'd, I would take my anger out on stage and scare people. Wow. And I know it's, like, I'll tell people that, and they're like, no, you're so friendly. And I'm like, I could I scare never saw that. the fuck out of anybody. I actually, I actually saw it. And you Did could you? see it in certain facial expressions in the yeah. Owl and that's, video. Yeah, and it was, it was, or yeah. Or it was a sinister. It, it, was like, it was like I was having, like, a breakdown for a couple wow. of years. And it got to the point where, like, we're doing that Pumpkins tour, and I was so angry that the tour manager... Who, who obviously did the pumpkins, he did Kanye, he did Ludacris. Like, he pulled me aside and he's like, you need to chill the fuck out. Mm. He's like, no one wants to be around this. And we were in Amsterdam, like, I remember the moment wow. where I just stormed off stage. And it's like, I, I went through, like, a weird learning curve of, like, no one wants to be around that. And people don't pay to see you angry. I didn't know it. People pay to see some people angry, yeah, but... Yeah, I guess you're right. But um, I just... I, I, but, it's not your but, spirit. That's not who no, you are. No, no. And... I, it's funny because I picked up a diary that I kept during like the BOD years of us touring heavily and every single page is like Dallas, like so unhappy, like, like, and I hate talking about this cause it's like, I don't want to be like, dude, he's like, I'm fucking crazy. Cause like, I'm fine. But it was like, it was like, want to die Dallas. And then it was like, uh, Austin, like want to kill myself. And then I kept flipping through it and it was like London. Like, so unhappy, like, so tired. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, it was wild. And I look back at it and laugh now, but at the time, I was just like, Jesus, I was like a, I was a wreck, you Were know? Were you sharing these feelings nope. with anyone? Uh-uh, because I thought being a leader was, my, my, my whole leadership aesthetic with the band was everyone took care of yourself. I'm in so much pain right now that I can't possibly be there for other people. Wow. So I need to take care of myself. And, and doing that, you just isolate everybody. Right. So I didn't tell anybody about it. And then it wasn't until I started doing TM, which is Transcendental Meditation, like, which I started because I read David Lynch's book, Catching the Big Fish, that it took away my anger in days. Wow. The first time I did it, I felt sublime. Like, you, you do it sometimes and you feel this, like, full-body orgasm. And it's, like, wow. it's, it's presence. It's bliss. It's, like, going to that, like, endless consciousness. So, like, that helped me a lot. And Do you know what caused the anger what were the triggers it was just not being happy with things like i wasn't happy with our set so i would trash guitars and i wasn't happy with with 
how we were doing things. And I was so green to the whole thing that I was, I was a control, not a control freak, but I, I held everybody to like an unfair standard. So then when I broke that standard, it's a complete like hypocrisy wow. instead of just like trusting things and letting it be. And I also think too, I think the biggest thing is I didn't want to work on myself. So I would get up on stage. I couldn't sing the notes. I couldn't play as well as I wanted to. And instead of saying, oh, how about I go work on myself, work on myself for two months and then come back and I can do it. I'm just going to get fucking angry and take it out on our guitar tech and that's or a bass player. The bottom line, the that's point. insecurity. It is insecurity. And it's, 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 a, it's a fear of looking at yourself in honesty and saying, well, fuck, the mental image I have of myself versus who I actually am are two, they're a mile apart. And instead of saying like, well, what can I do today to change that? It was more just like, it's easier to like scare. It, it was fucked up. I mean, there's, there's a couple points where like, I remember a guitar tech or even Dan or like our tour manager, like being afraid to talk to me because they're just like, whoa, oh boy. you know? Um, so somehow you kept this from the label. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Well, but, but, but you have to understand too, like I'm an only child. You. I don't, right, communication is not my forte. I don't communicate with people. And it's like, it's such a, for, like, for me to actually tell somebody how I really feel, like, that was a foreign, that seemed like landing on Mars until a couple of years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest shift I've had in the past couple of years is you add during that time, leading with insecurity, leading with fear. I was courageous because I was too stupid to know better. It wasn't like, yo, I'm standing on solid ground and this is the calculator risk I want to take. This is who I want to be. It was more like I had people in my ear telling me I was great. So I was like, well, I'm great. And then people telling me, oh, you're, you're bad. And I'd say, well, I'm bad. And not having that kind of internal like affirmation that I know who I am. Mm -hmm. So I think it, and yoga fits in with this a lot because it was the same time period where I was like, I just need to, it was after probably a year or two ago where I was like, I just need to focus on myself, learn how to like write, sing, produce, record, and just be me. Yeah. And and not get affirmation from other people, you know? Right. Well, and I think what they nothing think about me. in my experience. If they experience, like my music, that's great. If they don't, that's great, too. I know I fucking love it. You right. Know? And so. in, in my experience, nothing causes more anxiety or depression than not allowing yourself to be who you really are. Well, that's that's the thing, too. And then it was like at the same time, I found myself in a relationship where I felt half alive mm. and I felt I couldn't be myself to the point where people, other people were picking up on picking up on it like Catherine was like man you're you're not singing with emotion and I'm like why is that and then I said oh because I'm in a relationship where I've cut myself off Ugh. and it's like if you try to cut the sad out of your life by hiding in someone else you're going to cut the happiness out too and you're going to be in this awful mid mid level where you don't feel anything right so like and it got to a point too where like my my clothes were all black I had no color to my wardrobe so that's sure changed, right? But but it's it goes <laughs> like Furley. to circle back to where Furley, <laughs> Mr. Furley. Oh no, he dressed no. like Mr. Furley. <laughs> so to to like circle back to like where we are here, when I have a teenager coming up to me after these shows and they're they're like, you were so genuine, and authentic, and I love it. For me, that's like the biggest compliment. I agree because it it worked. I had to work so much to get to do a point where I was like, I'm okay with being myself. If other people, people like it, that's that. great. Well, yeah, you know, especially teenagers because they're still trying to they're figure trying that to figure shit out. out too. Yeah, it's hard being a teenager right now. 
So I think to go back to that, like, I'm thankful for everything. You know, it's like I'll have days where I'm like, yo, I'm almost dead. Like, this is freaking me out, you know? Like, I well, wish I would have done more with my life. If you're almost dead, I'm double almost dead. So let's yeah, not talk well, about okay. that. I mean, it's like everybody's on their own path, you yeah. know? And I'm just thankful to be... The biggest thing... Mm, the biggest thing, too, was I... The last thing I'll say was I didn't enjoy playing shows and being on stage. Like, I... I loved it, but I couldn't let myself enjoy it. And now I, I'm i having the time of my life. Well, that's great. And and that makes a difference because I'm like, if it you're does. not... It does. I mean, if you're not having fun... Then go work at a bank or something, yeah. you know? Well, thank you again so much for coming and thank you guys. chatting with us today. This was really great. Um, Brayden, thank you for being here as well. Hope thank you, you so much. Hope you can join us more regularly. Um, I'm Tiffany DiBartolo. <laughs> From Bright Antenna Records, this is Bright Cocktails with Bright Antenna, and um, thanks for listening. Um, one um, last cheers. Sure. To the show where I make a drink and just drink a lot. Yeah. Please come back True. and see us again. Yeah, yeah. Come, yeah Every time you're in town, we're going to do this. this. This mom at a show said, you got to make a shirt that says, I got a case of Nicolaitis. <laughs> yep. I think that's funny. I like it. A good mom joke, right? We had kids. Singing American hymns. Remember to follow us on YouTube and your favorite podcast outlet. Be on the lookout for new music from Kyle Nicolaitis, both solo and with his band Beware of Darkness, coming soon. You'll also want to check out our recent episode with In the Valley Below. We discussed their new album, The Pink Chateau, and the film they made to go with it that was inspired by French erotica. Meanwhile, listen to our episode with Second Line Vinyl, and you'll hear about how the founder went from marketing sausage to building Oakland's new vinyl manufacturing plant. And we have a very special podcast coming that celebrates Jeff Buckley and the release of a new graphic novel about his life, Grace, the Jeff Buckley Story. Be on the lookout for that one. It will include discussions of Jeff's life, his music, the process of creating a graphic novel, and musical performances from Wayne Kramer of the MC5, Kyle Nicolaitis, and more. Thanks again for listening to Cocktails with Bright Antenna.